Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, March 3rd. You made it. Congratulations. Give yourself a big old pat on the back. However, it is going to rain all day long across central Indiana. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's start off talking about what Eric Holcomb is doing. He has ordered a third party lab to test the waste that is being shipped here in our area following that train derailment last month in Ohio. He's been pretty critical of the EPA and uh, he's arguing that the agency wasn't properly communicating with our state and the arriving samples are due to be tested today. Okay, so let's clarify a couple things here because it is um, really... Really, we've kind of gone, to steal a phrase, off the rails here in terms of where people are at and how they're viewing this and responding on both sides. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to speak for us as a collective because I think I can capture your sentiment because the voicemails today that we're going to play for you at 1030, I mean, there are very passionate people who are saying, well, this place is totally safe and those people are being totally ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. We have played both sides of this throughout the whole thing. We played yesterday voicemails of people saying that this thing is fine. We've given that perspective. If we were in the tank for one side or the other, we wouldn't play both sides. We wouldn't give you both sides. And later today, we're again going to give you callers who express both sides of the issue. Mm -hmm. What we are being critical of is that there has been a complete lack of transparency Mm -hmm. and accountability, and until very recently, any sort of energy or motivation from lawmakers in this state to get to the bottom of what's going on. And sometimes, Casey, it takes a very visible, very newsworthy event for people to realize that things are happening in their backyard. So the people who call and go, well, this place has been taking these things for years, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you say something 30 years ago? Well, many people didn't live there 30 years ago. And two, sometimes people just got to get kicked between the eyes Mm -hmm. before they wake up. Prime example. 345,000 people voted for Donald Rainwater in 2020. Something like 85,000 people had voted for the Libertarian the election before in 2016. That's 260,000 people who walked away from the Republican Party. The Republican Party was the same Republican Party willing to do the same Republican stuff in 2020 that they were in 2016, people just got in a high-profile way impacted by the actions of the Republican Party, and they said, screw this route. I'd been shouting about the same stuff for four years before then. I didn't come on here and berate people. I said, welcome to the party, Val. Mm -hmm. People sometimes have to get kicked between the eyes to realize what's going on, and then they wake up and they go, oh, crap, 
I need to learn more about this. This isn't good. And these people are in the right in the sense of the lack of transparency and answers they have received before something that could have immense ramifications is taking place. Yeah. It doesn't mean Heritage Environmental are bad guys. Right. It doesn't mean they're guilty of anything. It doesn't mean they're doing anything nefarious. But what it does mean is these people who live in this area, not just in Putnam County, but in the surrounding counties, of which I'm one. Mm Mm-hmm. Have questions because it could potentially affect your quality of life. And once the decision is made, which it basically already has been, it's too late. Yeah. So we're going to speak with Becky Cash later in this hour. She's the state rep. And she has confirmed that three truckloads of this soil have already been delivered. But yesterday, Eric Holcomb said, effective immediately, I've directed our administration to contract with a nationally recognized laboratory to begin rigorous third-party testing for dangerous level of dioxins on the material being transported to the Rochdale facility. Well, three truckloads have already already been delivered. So we're at the point where they expect some 2,000 tons of the soil. It's not all here yet. Are we going to have more coming? Are we going to find out what the third-party testing results are? And what do we do next? And if it were in your backyard, if you're being remotely honest with yourself, there's a good chance that you would be asking the same questions too. These people that went to that meeting in Russellville, they're not bad people. I know a whole bunch of them. They're not bad people. I've known them for years. There many of them are farmers. Many of them are people who work extremely hard every day. They're good people. They'd give you the shirt off their back. They are just people because, look, again, like we said with Rudy, okay? Because people are now going after Rudy and Rudy's background and blah, blah, blah. Rudy Guerrero, who we've had on the show the last Mm -hmm. couple days. Have we come on here and said Rudy is the end-all, be-all to everything? Casey, have we ever said that? No. Have we ever said Rudy is an infallible person? No. Have we ever said Rudy is the greatest scientist or science-related person that ever lived? No. What we've said is it's a pretty informed guy Mm -hmm. who is asking valid questions, Mm -hmm. and if even... Let's pretend 80% of what that guy said is wrong. If even 20% of what he said is right, wouldn't you be concerned? Yes. Still 20%. And now it seems that the governor is even asking questions about this. Or why would he have a third party testing for dangerous levels of dioxins? And that's those are his words. Right. And here's another thing. I mean, now this is, again, according to the Indiana Secretary of State's website. And you can see it for yourself there. Heritage Environmental, through both themselves, it looks like, and a political action committee, went about, again, this is according to the Secretary of State's website, went many, many years without giving money to candidates, and then in the fall of Mm -hmm. 2022, Mm -hmm. started getting very active in terms of giving donations to political candidates, many of them either causes or uh, political action committees or a variety of high-profile stuff. Doesn't mean anything nefarious went on. But this is this is information. These are things people have have right to know. Why are they doing that? If indeed they're doing that, why are they getting back in the in that donation game after a nineteen again? year absence? Uh, so uh, you know, the, the point is, nobody's saying anybody did anything wrong here. What we're saying is, we don't want something wrong to happen. Exactly, a hundred percent. And when you are dealing with things that, if it goes wrong, could literally be, as we've seen this time and time again in this country, could be life or death. People have the right to know now. The governor 
congratulations to him for finally, finally getting off his ass and doing something. Now, again, he's not being nearly as tough with the feds on the toxic waste as he was the churches and the salons and the gyms during COVID. And he's not still not put nearly as much time into the people in Putnam County as he did Malik Muhammad. But congratulations for him on doing something. Now, I don't think this is going to help these people because it's going to take days and days and days to get the results back. Mm-hmm. So unless there's some mandate that Heritage, Heritage Environmental can't do anything until the tests come back, well, but they keep saying, well, we don't have any control over that. It's all the federal government. So how's he even mandating the stuff to take place to begin? This is the point. These are the things people want answers on. It's like this hodgepodge of bullcrap. They're in charge. No, they're in charge. No, they make the rules. No, they make the rules. Yeah. Nobody seems to have clear answers on this. Yeah, it's a bunch of passing the buck. And we're going to hear from the governor of Ohio, who is still saying, you know, Biden still hasn't been there. And he thinks it's about time that he goes. And will Biden go to Ohio? Well, we've got all of that for you coming up. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nineteen minutes after nine, good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, the Hoosier Lottery. They've announced that they sold a $50,000 winning Powerball double play ticket. It was purchased in Martinsville on Wednesday. It was sold at the Wilbur store. So if that was you, check your ticket. You could be $50,000 richer today. Also trending, Joe Biden, and actually this audio of him, he was remarking to a woman who lost two sons to fentanyl, and apparently he thinks that fentanyl deaths that occurred under the last administration are funny. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that I, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Rather than show empathy, he's showing blame. And finally trending, American Pickers, the History Channel TV show, is coming to Indiana in April. And It's still you, on? Yes, it is still on. Uh, let me see here. I've got it somewhere. How many, 24 seasons, over 310 yeah. episodes. Uh, there's been a staff change up on the show back oh. in 21. One of the hosts left the okay. show. But it is still going. And if you have some collectibles or a collection of antiques that you would like them to pick through, the, the email and the phone number for the show's producer is all on WIBC.com on the side piece right now. Used to watch that show all the time. My only issue, so if you've never seen the show, it's the, it was, it was, I quit watching several years ago, but two guys mm-hmm. and they were basically, their job was they went around the country buying stuff from people. So it might be a, in a garage. It might be a, you know, a house sale. It might be in a barn. Sometimes, supposedly, they would be just driving down the road and see an old barn and go, oh, we ought to pull up to the house and mm-hmm. bull. There's no way, like in the middle of the country, where everybody's probably armed, locked, and loaded, let's just stroll on up to someone's house. So I, I kind of thought the thing became a little scripted, pretending to be unscripted, which mm-hmm. I'm sure most reality shows 
are, but it was pretty interesting. Some of the things they would find, they would then, you know, they always had guys who were like, could repair, maybe you had an old Coke machine mm -hmm. and they would have a guy, hey, Fred can do this for $100 and we can buy it for $50 and we can sell it for $350. So that's a $200 profit for us. Cool show. And if you got old stuff that might be of value, Maybe these are your guys. Yeah. They were here just last May, and they're going to be in Ohio again, but apparently they find a lot of good stuff in Indiana. Oh, so it's, they an are, it's an So they are coming back this April. I just wish I knew how much of it was actually scripted, but like I said, that's probably every reality show. Well, according to the producer, they do like to map out where they're going to go, yeah. and that's why they put out the producer's email and phone number mm -hmm. where you can text and say, hey, I've got some stuff. Come yeah. check it out. See if it's worthy. And if it is worthy. I'm sure that's what makes it onto the TV show. But I'm talking about part of the fun of this was the used to be the negotiation with the person. Mm -hmm. Hey, farmer, uh, farmer Fran, you've got this old beat up sign for Kendall Oil, mm -hmm. right? And it's probably from the 1930s. And uh, Farmer Fran, would you take $100? And then, of course, on TV, Farmer Fran is. Just, just excruciating internal debate. Well, you know, my grandfather had this, and John Dillinger stayed in this barn, and he touched that Kendall oil sign. Like I want that is what I wonder how much of that is okay, Fran. Now mm -hmm. you're gonna really labor over this and blah. I, that that I would love to know that. Well, if you have a barn full of good stuff that you want to get rid of and you think some of it may be valuable, head over to the side piece because we've got the producer's email and phone number right there. You can get in touch with them and see if the American Pickers should head to your place. It is 23 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, he's piling on to the pressure for President Biden to travel to East Palestine where that train derailment happened. He said he should come. There's no doubt about it the president needs to come the people want to see the president he should be there yeah and the reason we spend so much time on this is because clearly look we got phone calls are often a good measure of interest mm -hmm. right and we have been bombarded with phone calls the last several days we can see the numbers and the people who are in, intrigued and everyone should be intrigued in this in central indiana because now we potentially are impacted and by we i'm not just talking putnam county there is a potential, depending on what actually is in this stuff they're dumping and how it's being handled and whatever, that every single person in central Indiana could be impacted in some way. Doesn't mean that's what's going to happen, mm -hmm. but we don't know. And until we know, you are going to be interested. Um, so here was Biden. <laughs> the guy continues not to care at all, which is just amazing as the president of the United States. Um, he continues to defend not going to Ohio and says he'll get there. At some point. I've spoken with every official in Ohio, Democrat and Republican, on a continuous basis, as in Pennsylvania. I laid out a little bit in there what I think the answers are. We put it together, and we will be implementing an awful lot into the legislation here, and I will be on the next it's always the shouting at the end that's my mm -hmm. favorite. Biden says something ridiculous and just walks away. Right. Well, the governor of Ohio said that he has spoken with Biden a number of times. The last time he did speak to the president was when Biden was in Poland. But he said that uh, Biden has offered no explanation for why he hasn't visited the town yet. And the EPA... 
the, the chief of the EPA postponed his trip to Africa to make a third trip to Ohio. So there have been some people from the administration coming and going, but yet not the president who clearly he says he's so empathetic yeah. towards the American people, yet his actions don't show that at all. Uh, Real quick, before we go to break, Karen Jean-Pierre got asked uh, when at some point might be since Biden just ran away after he said that, Mm -hmm. and she's got absolutely nothing. When he was asked about East Palestine and reporting legislation that's in the works, he said, I will be there soon. Is there a plan for him to go? I don't have any uh, trips to preview for you at this time. I can't tell you. I don't think he's ever really going. I mean, just a week ago, he said he doesn't have plans to go, and now he's going to go at some point. Which one is it? Seriously, which which one is it? Oh, I'm not going to go. I got other people going for me. I'll get there at some point. Here's the problem, though, Casey. Biden and and politicians as a collective, but we're, we just happen to be talking about Biden, keeps getting rewarded for lazy, terrible behavior. Think about the border. Mm-hmm. In 50 years, he never went to the border. Mm-hmm. What happened in the midterms? P- basically a push at the ballot box. So why would he do it? If the people, and this is true, and this is why we said when you roll over and play dead and vote for terrible people like Diego Morales, Republicans in this state are going to look at you and they're going to laugh and they're going to do things that the angry, unruly, red-shirted teacher mob wants them to do instead of you, or they're going to laugh at you and do as little as possible when things like toxic waste are getting dumped in the state of Indiana, because what are you going to do? You've already proven you're going to play dead no matter what they do. So why would they? Why? So why would Biden put any effort into this? Yeah. He never gets punished. Right. Exactly. Just imagine if that were you and your boss said, you know what? We really need you to come into work today. Yeah. Maybe at some point I'll do it. So at some time I'll come into work. All right. When we come back, Casey, Becky Cash, she is a state rep. Mm-hmm. Now, this is crazy because our old buddy uh, Te- Tesla. Teshka. Teshka. Jake Teshka. Who had the hotline number and called mm-hmm. us incessantly. We asked him to call. He didn't call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lucas, who is memeing uh, me at 11 p.m. on on uh, at night. Uh, he has the hotline number. He didn't call. We had a whole bunch of questions. But our old buddy, Becky Cash, mm-hmm. she was not afraid to call and answer some questions. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the partisan school board bill that died, why the Republicans are totally petrified to do the right thing there. She wrote to the governor and was responsible, I think, for some of this action that the governor's taking because she represents Brownsburg and Zionsville, obviously Hendricks County potentially impacted by this. So we'll talk about that and more. All right. It's coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey. Sarah and Casey, you may recall earlier this week, the Indiana House of Representatives, J.D. Prescott, specifically the author of the bill. Well, he folded on the partisan school board bill. Remember that? I do. Remember that bill would have made school board elections like any other election Mm -hmm. in the state of Indiana. Except it didn't come to a vote. No, he didn't bring it to a vote. But one person who was a big advocate for that and had her own bill that was very similar to that is Becky Cash. She's a member of the Indiana House of Representatives, Republican that represents Brownsburg and Zionsville area. Becky, how are you? I am good. I'm great. How are you guys? I'm great. I know you were uh, not pleased that the bill that would have made school board races partisan in the state of Indiana didn't get a vote. You had a similar bill. Why was the author, J.D. Prescott, not willing to call that bill for a vote? Yeah, well, to be really honest, um, we just 
weren't sure we had the votes. Um, they whipped those votes multiple times. That's what they call it. When you whip the votes to see how many you have. I think a lot of the issues were that there were four or five of us who filed bills and they mostly all looked different. And by the time this bill got to the point where it could have gotten a vote, it had been severely changed. It was not J.D. Prescott's original bill. It was not my original bill. Um, So I don't know if you've talked on the show about what the bill was by the time it could potentially have gotten a vote. Um, I know that J.D. Prescott looked at that bill every day. Um, I'm not quite sure that he was the one who didn't want to bring it to a vote, um, but they didn't want it to die on the floor. All right, what uh, it came down to. Becky Cash, our guest, we're talking about the partisan school board bill that died in the House of Representatives earlier this week. Casey, uh, we've been told that J.D. Prescott's bill got watered down. What was the difference between the bill that you submitted and the one that he submitted? Right. So the bill that I submitted would have made school board races exactly the same way that every other race is in the state. There would have been a primary. There would have been a general. I personally, there's a lot of um, conflict between people on there should be a primary. There shouldn't be a primary. Honestly, I think there's a huge disservice to school board candidates by only giving them four to six weeks to run a race that in some areas like ours, Brownsburg, Zionsville, are hostile, they're nasty, and I ran for a year and a half, a year and a half. I mean, to run that race that some of them ran in six weeks just didn't do the community, didn't do anybody a service. So by the time it got to the point where it could have gotten to a vote, um, what it looked like was nothing like that. It was people could get a petition. They could get 500 signatures. Um, They would need to have the two primary rule where they would have to have run in two Republican or Democrat primaries in order to get on the ballot. Um, And then on top of that, they stuck a 10-year rule in there. Um, at one point, it was an eight-year and then a 10-year that if somebody put it on the ballot, they got their 500 signatures and it passed. They couldn't bring it back up for another 10 years. But if it failed, they also couldn't bring it up for another 10 years. <laughs> so it just – it was – to be really honest, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. Um, had it gotten to the floor, I was committed to voting for it. But um, – I didn't like it at all. I will tell you, Julie McGuire had a bill that I liked quite a bit. Um, It was a it wasn't my ideal, but it was a May provision that basically said you can declare party if you want. You don't have to declare party if you don't want. And I thought that might have been it. Becky Cash is our guest. She's state representative from Brownsburg and Zionsville area. We're talking about the partisan school board bill that died. So, you know, Becky, I'm sure you're aware of this. You're a conservative fighter, that there is a lot of conservatives out there. A lot of people listen to this show every day who believe that the Republicans and the General Assembly and certainly the governor are completely petrified of the angry red-shirted teachers that come to the state house and scream and yell. And it seems like the Republicans cower and cater to these people over common sense and this appears to be another example of that. Why are so many Republicans afraid of these teachers who in many cases aren't going to vote for them anyway? Yeah, I, th- I think there are, I think there's a lot, of, now that I'm on the inside, I think there's a lot of factors involved. Um, like on SB 12, the um, pornography bill, I'm going to call it what it is. 
surprisingly, uh, it appears to be the librarians <laughs> that are making the most noise. So sometimes, you know, you get in there and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's more to there's more to all of this in regards to that situation. I genuinely think a lot of both Republicans and Democrats um, don't they live in very different districts. And one thing that I'm learning is that um, not all school districts elect their school boards the same way. Mm. Um, for example, Lebanon, unless something changed at the last minute, I don't even think they had enough candidates to run for their school board. So I think a lot of them genuinely were kind of like, why are we doing this? Um, mm. So it really became a fight um, to even... So I mean, is, is there is, is, is there is there any hope of this? Because you mentioned Brownsburg, we have four yeah. complete lunatic leftists on a school board in a community that every other office, at least, I mean, they don't govern like Republicans, but they, they at least put ours next to their name. I mean, so are we are we just screwed? I mean, because you're not when you yeah. take the lefties know who the lefties are, and then when you take the apathetic people who just vote because Susie was the soccer mom. I mean, it's almost impossible to beat these people in these communities. Are, are we are, like in Brownsburg, Avon, Zionsville? Are we just screwed? Well, I'm really hopeful that next year in the next session that this bill will come back up. I think that probably the best argument for those who might be listening, kind of thinking, no, I don't want our schools to be political. Well, first of all, I will tell you that the Indiana State Teachers Association representative told me, and I quote, schools are unavoidably political. By definition of the fact that we give half of our state budget to schools, yeah. schools teach social studies, history, mm-hmm. that, you know, all of the government, all of these things, they're unavoidably political. So anybody who's thinking, I don't want them to be political, they already are. Mm-hmm. That ship sailed <laughs> centuries ago. They are. Yeah. Um, and so they I'm, I'm really hopeful that next time around that we will get a bill through that it will be better than um, the way J.D. Prescott's ended up being and that we just won't settle and we just can't settle. Our kids are worth so much more than this. And it's and the school boards have so much power. How You give so much power to a body that and then say, oh, they're not they're not political. Right. They're the most most political. Real quick. I want to make sure we have time to get to this. You have been one of the few people who has led on these toxic weight on the toxic waste coming to Putnam County. Obviously, your district brushes up against Putnam County, Hendricks County, Putnam County, very close to where you represent. You've kind of been Mm -hmm. trying to rally the troops. It doesn't seem like uh, there's been a lot of of you know priority from your colleagues mm-hmm. on figuring out what's going on here where are we at with this and why aren't more elected people appearing to be more passionate about this right well i will give credit to the people meaning the constituents who um were calling me nonstop and basically made it clear to me that there was something i could do um to be perfectly honest you know sometimes we need to be informed i i can't fix it but Uh, on my own, but I wrote a letter to the governor. Um, I wanted to get it in by 5 p.m. two days ago, you know, before the governor left uh, his office, basically on behalf of my constituents, that something needed to be done, that they needed to put a halt to this process until more testing was done, until they could prove that it was safe. To be blatantly honest, I don't know that they can prove that it is safe. I've been in the medical freedom fight for a very long time. Um, I'm a naturopathic practitioner. I I know 
the hazards that are out there. Uh, I know what happens with our military. Our military, they they are exposed to all of these things. Uh, and so we obviously don't want children playing. You know, we see this stuff in movies. And as somebody said at the town hall a few nights ago, are we going to become the Aaron Brockovich yeah. um, town, which mm-hmm. they were referring to Rochdale, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a letter on the governor's desk regarding that. I was a little shocked that yesterday morning I did get a call back from the governor's office. Um, They initially told me that they didn't have jurisdiction. There was nothing they could do. But by yesterday evening, (laughs) all of a sudden the governor could actually do something. It's a miracle. Um, I will say Representative Bo Baird probably has not slept since Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has definitely been, you know, the one fighting. It is his district. And um, he and I have been in constant communication. Testing is supposed to start today. Um, I haven't been given a timeline on that because I know people want to know that. But looking it up, I... I'm a little hesitant to even say it, but it looks like a minimum of 10 days and wow. could be longer to get results. Wow. And my hope, and I will contact the governor's office again today to confirm this, my hope is that they have also told Heritage, you need to halt yeah. any more trucks coming because they could be getting one to 200 trucks. Real, real, real quick, uh, so. I know Casey wants to pop in here. Becky Cash, our guest, yeah. she's a state rep, Brownsburg-Zionsville area. Before we go, Casey, go ahead. Yeah, well, you were kind of going on down the path that I wanted to ask you. So the governor uh, put out a release yesterday saying that he was going to make third-party testing uh, come in and test the levels of dioxin in the material. What happens if they find out they're high or there are these levels? I mean, it's almost too late, isn't it? Because we're already getting that right. soil. I mean, right. so yes. so what's that's next? Right. Yeah, that's what came out of the town hall. Um, and actually, I was on the phone with a friend who was a previous constituent when three trucks went down the road right past her house. And then it was pretty much confirmed at the town hall that those three trucks had the soil on them. So three trucks have already come. They've already been processed. They've already been dumped. Um, but like I said, they're expecting a minimum of 100 more. It could be hundreds more so i would most certainly hope that if the dioxins are high that they don't process them because the facility even heritage said they are not certified to take dioxins so that's the problem right i mean they're not certified to take them but they're not testing for them so i would hope um idem would say you absolutely can't take anymore i mean i I don't know all the details of it, but I'm not sure I want the three truck loads dug right. back up and removed. So I think they probably have to stay where they are. I don't think they can be removed, especially since you're putting toxins on top of toxins. From my understanding, it's like layering like a cake. Yeah. Uh, Becky Cash, state representative, Brownsburg, Zions. Well, you know, Casey, get asked all the time, is there anyone in politics you like? Yes, I like Becky Cash. I know. I was I was actually kind of surprised <laughs> like that she, now, she took your phone call. <laughs> I know you can turn at any moment. <laughs> hey, it's okay, Becky. You're almost out of session. Uh, it'll be fine. Uh, Becky, Becky, Cash. It's, Becky, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, both of you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, it is 9.50. 
50. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You know, one day I'm going to flip our template. Uh And what I mean by that is I'm going to have the conversations we have off Off air on on the template. Uh And then I'm going to take the ones that we do on the show and put them off the air. And I'm going to see what happens to our ratings because I think they go through the roof. I think that would do you a lot of good. Yeah. You might also do us a lot of harm. (laughs) And you think that you have enemies now. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Just wait till I start weighing in on the women. Uh-huh. Okay, let's talk about John Fetterman. Uh, this just came out an hour ago from Newsweek, oh. and the headline reads, John Fetterman might resign. But then when you go down into the article and read it further, it says Fetterman's team has no indication that he will resign, and the governor has said there's no contingency plan if he does resign. So, so it's total clickbait, right? It was total clickbait. Um, so it'll be like, uh, Casey Daniels. Daniels may resign. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the article. She's never leaving ever. Casey Daniels will be here on Monday. Yes, exactly. So here's how dedicated it is. Casey, I come in, I don't know, Wednesday maybe, and she can barely form a coherent sentence. I'm fine. (laughs) It'll be great radio. (laughs) Casey, you can barely keep your head up. I'm a professional. I think it's just a head cold. No, you just coughed up a lung. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, yeah. uh, once again, you're here. No regard for Kevin's safety, my safety. You're so de- Casey is so dedicated to this show. She would allow uh-huh. the hantavirus to infect everyone <laughs> in this building before she would let you, the listener, down. I warned Nigel. I told him to spray down the microphone and get your Lysol out. And he did. He was glad that I warned him too. And I told you, I'm I'm doing okay today. Yeah. And you did your hair and everything. I know. See, it, it comes in waves. You know, there's like, uh, it's, do I have the flu or is it just menopause? This hot flash, I can't tell because I get these hot flashes and I'm like, whew, okay, am I not feeling good or is that just, you know, yeah. life? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it comes in waves. But anyway, back to John yeah, sorry. Fetterman. Sorry, I got this totally derailed there. <laughs> you know, he, uh, he continues to be hospitalized for clinical depression, mm-hmm. but he was named as a co-sponsor on a bill so what's the deal how is he doing that are they just attaching his name to stuff well i told i've told this story before years ago when i was an elected official i had a conversation with a senator who because he voted for and authored a bill and didn't listen to me he's no longer has the privilege of being a a state senator and i warned him that was going to happen and he didn't think i was being serious but I was in his office for like 30 minutes. This was uh, two days probably before the end of session. And he, uh, I could tell he was just getting annoyed. And I was not going to leave until he forced me to leave and said, you have to leave. And finally, he got to that point and he goes, you see all of these bills. And he points to all of these bills. And there's all these bills tacked up on. He wasn't important enough to have an office. He had a cubicle because mm-hmm. he was a yes, toady stooge. Also, why he's no longer a senator. And uh, I said, yeah. And I naively said this. I said, yeah. How are you going to read all those? And he just stared at me. And it was, again, like in the cartoon where the light bulb goes off over the cartoon character's head. I said, oh, that's the thing. Mm. You guys don't read anything. Right. You just vote on the stuff if your adult supervision tells you to vote on the stuff. This has to be that. There's no way Fetterman is in some sort of institution and is, I mean, he couldn't even put together a bill 
before all the stuff, right? Much right. less now. now. Right. Well, he had checked himself into Walter Reed Medical Center to receive treatment for clinical depression on February 15th. And now he's co-sponsoring bills. <laughs> and one of his aides <laughs> has said that he will be hospitalized for up to two months. And, you know, his wife has taken off to Canada about, you know, uh, but, but also to, think, to also get think, out of the limelight. Also think about this, though, Casey. This is a person who is mentally so unwell mm -hmm. that he cannot take care of himself in a proper manner without supervision. Nothing wrong with that. That happens to millions of people. You should always seek help if you're having issues. There's no shame in that. But you should also not be one of the 100 most powerful people in the entire country writing laws that affect the outcomes of 330 million people if mentally you cannot even take care of yourself. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, on Twitter, the spectators were asking about his condition, and then they got blocked. So what is going on here? By the way, clinical depression, nothing to laugh about. 20% of the population have that at some time in their lifetime. So again, if that is you... Definitely seek help. Nothing to be ashamed of. You're not being fussy. It's 955. It's Kennel and Casey. It's 93 WIB.